despite the Florida Panthers in full control of their destiny, it's going to be one heck of a roller coaster ride for the Cats and the rest of the wild card race. We're going to go over that on today's edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome in to this Thursday, March 16th edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. I'm Armando Velez, and you can follow me on Twitter at MondoMan12. Follow the show account on Twitter at LO underscore FLA Panthers. Don't forget to send in your screenshot of your subscription to the Locked On Florida Panthers YouTube channel and your five-star rating on whichever podcast app you listen to Locked On Panthers and send it over to me via DM at LO underscore FLA Panthers or email it to me at LockedOnFLAPanthers at gmail.com for your chance to win two free tickets to the Florida Panthers versus Toronto Maple Leafs game on April 10th. Best of luck, everybody. So the Florida Panthers, the... It's finally a game day for for this team. Four days off, a whole bunch of help in the last few days. Not so much help on Wednesday night. I mean, the Buffalo Sabres and the Washington Capitals did face off against each other in Washington. The Washington Capitals did score on a comeback. Tom Wilson scores to tie the game, and then the Washington Capitals win in a very quick shootout Two nothing in that one to get the extra point. Uh, worst case scenario was for that that game to go to past regulation, but as far as either one of the teams winning, it was more beneficial on the Florida Panthers side that the Caps got the win. You just wish it were in regulation. So now the Florida Panthers are ahead of the Buffalo Sabers by a point with with zero games in hand. Uh, and at one point, the Buffalo Sabres had six, if I recall correctly. And now all those games were made up for the Sabres. Y- you think about even there was a snowstorm that canceled that, excuse me, postponed a game between them and Tampa Bay. All that, all those games in hand are completed now. And the Sabres found themse- find themselves still behind the Panthers. The Washington Capitals tied in points. The Panthers have two games in hand on them. The New York Islanders uh, on their second end of a back-to-back. Elias Sorokin goes on the on the second end. We, uh, Jacob Winans and I, after our recording, we were talking about should the Islanders start Sorokin on the second end, and it's like, and he's and we both agreed that yes, that when you're desperate for a playoff position and the Islanders not having control of their destiny, at least at the moment, that it that was the right decision. Of course, Sergey Bobrovsky starting on that back-to-back for on the Panthers side of things it, it made all the sense in the world and a transaction for the Florida Panthers is Alex Lyon has been sent down to AHL Charlotte remember that he was called on, a, on an emergency basis for the Panthers so he can go back to Charlotte without going through waivers and gets a few starts under his belt likely going to be back with the team uh, 
like this by the end of this weekend after the Florida Panthers finish playing against the New Jersey Devils for a chance for Paul Maurice to make a decision on whether Alex Lyon is going to get into a game. So it's going to keep him fresh right before he could be ready for a game, which is either Detroit or Philadelphia. But just this week alone is going to be a roller coaster ride. Like we said at the top, this is, as you can see, this is the show title of today's show. And you think about the Panthers having three games in hand on the New York Islanders. Well, the Panthers are going to have to go perfect in, in order to pass the New York Islanders because the, the Islanders do it, did win in regulation last night against the Anaheim Ducks. And at this moment in time, the New York Islanders still own the tiebreaker as far as regulation wins under their belt. They have 30. The Panthers have 28. So that is why. That is why. Yesterday, on yesterday's show, I was a little hesitant on getting my hopes up on on the Panthers making a run because games in hand are great, but you got to win those games in hand. And that is that is where I'm not trying to get too high on on on, on the possible results. The game's got to be played first, of course. We're going to get more into previewing Mont- the Montreal game in segment number three, but just going into tonight, Got to take care of business. And you just think about how going back to the, the next week that is. Because by the time the Florida Panthers play Tuesday night against the Philadelphia Flyers, two of those games will already be made up as far as games in hand. So it's going to come fast. The Islanders will be on the their last of their three-game road trip on Saturday night against the San Jose Sharks. The Panthers will play two games before the Islanders hit the ice on Saturday night. Unfortunately, it's an NHL Network game, so anyone who has ESPN+, Plus, they won't be able to watch that game after the Panthers uh, hopefully take care of business against the New, York, New Jersey Devils on Saturday. And the Panthers play on the Monday. The, the Islanders will be off. They'll be playing on the Tuesday again uh, uh, at home against the Toronto Maple Leafs, that is the Islanders, while the Panthers will be playing that second end of a back-to-back on against the Philadelphia Flyers. And then the Panthers, they play a Thursday game against the Toronto Maple Leafs and the New York Islanders. I believe they're off on Thursday. And yes, they are. They are off next Thursday. And then they'll have a back-to-back at Columbus and then home against Buffalo. Watch out for that Buffalo game on March 25th. Buffalo versus New York, the Islanders. And... They'll have the equal amount of games in hand after Thursday's done, but then on on after Friday and Saturday, the the Islanders will play one more game after Saturday's games are are done for for the Panthers too. And the Panthers play the Rangers on the twenty fifth, and a puck drop is five p.m. New York New York versus Buffalo, that's a five p.m. puck drop too. So that is a perfect dual screen type of day for for panther fans just looking ahead to, <laughs> 10 days from now exactly but just just to give you an idea of just it could there's a possibility especially if the panthers win all those games in hand that's the key there could be a flip-flop of panthers getting ahead new york getting ahead for one it, it, all the way and un, until the end and that alone is 
is key to to the importance of why, regardless games in hand or not, is just to control what you can control, and maximum amount amount of points has the Florida Panthers at one hundred three with the New York Islanders at one hundred two. Of course, they're not going to go perfect. Just not going to happen. Um, the Islanders do have the easier strength of schedule than the Panthers, which is why on a night like the New York Islanders being idle, like tonight, is super important for for the Florida Panthers to just go ahead, take advantage, and just come out with a damn dub. <laughs> That's the best way, best way I can put it. In segment number two, we are going to discuss some of the key dates that are have been announced from the GM meetings in South Florida. We're going to talk about the salary cap. We're going to talk about Gary Bettman's comments post GM meetings. We're going to discuss that all next here on the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. But first, we're going to tell you all about FanDuel Sportsbook. And we're at the midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and easy to use. Then you can bet on anything from the money line, point scores, to three strain. Plus, FanDuel lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss your chance on your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Segment number two here on this Thursday, March 16th edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast, where the Florida Panthers will be taking the ice. In a game setting, it's great to see that we all got a few days off from at least our specific team playing, got to enjoy some hockey, got to enjoy some news around the NHL on what's to come. So normal free agency is going to be July 1st, as it usually is. The draft lottery is going to be on May 8th at 7 p.m. We're hoping that the Florida Panthers pick to the Montreal Canadiens isn't participating in that draft lottery as that was the part of the bench rot trade. So how, how do how do the Panthers not participate in the draft lottery? Hey, making the playoffs. So we're, we're that, but that's a key date to uh, circle on the calendars in, in the case that the Panthers do not advance to the postseason. Stanley Cup final tentative date is going to be uh, June third, uh, uh, just in case. The but that's the tentative date. But it could be pushed back earlier, depending on if the other series end earlier than expected. Big one, big one here. Anticipated salary cap is only to be a bump of one million. About when talking about escrow payments being paid back at a certain percentage. As of as of right now, Gary Bettman is anticipating it to be an only one million dollar bump, but. They're open to discussion with new executive director of the NHLPA, Marty Walsh, who's, of course, replacing Donald Fear. Of course, everything that happened with the whole Kyle Beach situation has uh, has had uh, had to be replaced uh, after everything that went down or, or, or and the lack of action. And he, he is anticipated to start this Monday, March 20th. And Bettman also discussed about the 
the divisional format and saying that it's working just fine saying that. But I roll my eyes, but at the same time, you can't expect this commissioner, especially, that when thing when something isn't working in their favor, that he is going to admit to his wrongs. I mean, for the longest time, even even when the Atlanta Thrashers were a threat to move, consistently saying we're they're not gonna move, not gonna move, not gonna move. And then there there's that opportunity for ownership an ownership group in Winnipeg to move him out of Atlanta, then, then he comes out and says, "Oh, we're 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 moving." And this is and it, it it gives me the same vibe with the Coyotes. I don't want the Coyotes to move. I I don't. I I I'm I'm cheering for small market teams to succeed, and Gary Bettman is just putting the PR face on him when it when it comes to when it comes to defending a market and saying we're going to do our best to to put hockey keep hockey in, in this market but there's still no approval of an arena deal there and and we won't know until may if there is a, a approval for for arizona so take everything he says with a, a, a grain of salt uh when it comes to when it comes to divisional format because the whole i get you want to fa- want division rivals to face each other more often i mean we saw Crosby and Ovechkin battle out for so many years, but wouldn't that be better in a conference final setting versus a a a second round? Think about it. Just like Maple Leafs and Lightning this year, it's this is likely in in some years that you could see this as a conference final type of matchup, but we're going to see this likely in in round one. So uh, it, it's just. They they gave it a try. It's been it's been quite a while now that they've had this format, and it, I I just think and players have spoken about uh, about it. I mean, Gary Bettman has also spoken about how of digital ads about how people are like are enjoying it. For me personally, I got used to it that it's just there now. It, I I I'm mostly <laughs> uh, it, it's I don't really it doesn't catch my attention as much anymore as it did in like the first few weeks. So. If it helps revenue, if it helps with salary cap and these players, their ability to get paid too, I, I think it's a I think it's a good opportunity to bring in more. I mean, you see hockey games over in Europe. There, there's advertisements everywhere, even on even on, in the face-off circles uh, too. We're not there yet with with the NHL, but it's don't don't I don't doubt if there if the if the if the NHL is getting one step closer to to going in that direction as far as uh, generating uh, revenue in order to increase salary cap, increase franchise value, because that's Gary Bettman's job. Gary Bettman's job is to increase franchise value for all of these owners. Remember the owners are his bosses, not the other way around. So as far as going back to salary cap and all, and all, and the 1 million bump that is at least minimum anticipated the Panthers still have room to work with, regardless regardless of it, of, of of everything. I mean, last time I checked, it was uh, 11, about eleven million dollars in salary cap space. Uh, refreshing my my uh, cap friendly as we speak, uh, just over ten million as we speak uh, for players under contract. We spoke about how there's about twenty one contracts on the Panthers 
this coming off season, whether it's RFAs and UFAs combined that are up for new for uh, up for new deals. The big as far as in-house candidates, the one major question mark of, of all of them, actually two. Radko Gudis is is are, are the Panthers going to resign him or let him walk and go a little younger? And then and then the other one is Grigory Denisenko. He's he's an RFA. They're likely going to give him a contract just because they don't want to lose him for nothing. That that's a first round pick. I know he hasn't scored a goal yet. I know I know that it's a little bit up and down when when he does go back to Charlotte after having a stint with uh, with the Panthers and but. You don't want to lose him for nothing. He's likely going to be given um, a contract. Like I would say, ninety nine percent chance that he does. But that is a that is a, a player that is kind of on watch for the Panthers come next season as far as in house can in house candidates. And you, they already took care of Spencer Knight last off season. So Bill Zito got ahead of the game. So now the real work is. Who are who are is Bill Zito gonna bring in from the outside? And likely one of the Sams are gonna get traded. If you if you if you're looking at trying to trade a forward to increase your defense, which is giving me that feeling more and more that Radko Gudis is not gonna come back for the Panthers. We talked about the possible logjam yesterday as far as Lucas Carlson and Matt Kirstead too, but trading away a Sam Reinhardt with one year left on his deal come this off season 6.5 million you're you're talking almost like 17 million just like that when the panthers are were in this squeeze this season and to have so much relief bring it from the front end to the back end and then we know how streaky he is we we've we've seen it all season but the value that you could possibly get back for him which the panthers got have already gotten immense value um here here and there and but the, as far as free agents go, it, it's it's not as far as UFAs. It's not the the best class coming in as far as defensemen. John Klimberg would want a, a long term deal. I'm not. I'm. I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to give John Klimberg a, a one year. Of, excuse me, a long term deal uh, for someone just almost who's almost 31 years old. Matt Dumba has been a scratch with the Minnesota Wild. He um here here and there, and he's been in trade rumors for forever but and he hasn't he hasn't been part of a, a, a trade for the for the minnesota wild dimitri orloff is going to be a ufa but what do the boston bruins do as far as as far as extending them and keeping them around so shane gostisper a guy who's a power power play quarterback who 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 got traded to the carolina hurricanes as well that's one that's an, uh, one to keep an eye on but I, I also think that Bill Zito could also try to trade for somebody under contract too uh so don't roll out that possibility and Elliot Freeman brought up Eric Carlson again uh, on 32 thoughts the other day and I, I just don't know how that's going to work with the with what San Jose is going to take back as far as salary their their number is as far as I know for for Mike Greer uh, is still eighteen percent retained salary, so that would be around like nine nine million that the that the Panthers would keep for four more seasons, three or four more seasons, one of those two. I just don't know if that production that Eric Carlson put up this season for San Jose is going to carry over to the next. So I, I'd be very I'd be very uh, 
hesitant to make a trade for Eric Carlson uh, there for 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 the Panthers to to bring him in, even though that does improve your your defense by <laughs> a lot. Uh, and and we love Radko, but if you bring in an Eric Carlson, it, it, it's it's goodbye Radko. He's likely he's likely walking unless you really are full speed ahead as far as going for it, contending and you see Radko Gudis as a third pairing defenseman who who is okay with not getting a pay bump by all means have both but i i i'm, I'm sure Radko would want a, a pay bump too so let, i i i'm not going to i'm not going to crap on him for wanting to get an increase in pay especially since he's bettered his reputation he hasn't gotten in trouble on the ice as far as on ice antics suspensions and you name it for for radko so so he he's like he's likely uh he's likely gonna get a, a little bit of a bump not not significant but a little bit so in segment number three we are going to discuss the panthers upcoming game against the montreal canadians Tonight, as the Panthers are now back in action after four days off, we're going to discuss that next here on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Third and final segment here on this Thursday, March 16th edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, where the Florida Panthers finally play a game after four days off. And I was just looking back at some episode titles and just the tone that I was discussing this Florida Panthers team at the time. And I just remember after an episode that dropped on January 9th, what happened on January 9th specifically? I'm glad you asked. The Panthers played exactly 41 games. Exactly for 41. So their their record at the time was 18... 19 and four a a, a a points percentage just on under 500 I, I believe on the top of my head it's 488 now the panthers through the last 26 18 excuse me 15 eight and three with with about a 620 with um points percentage in that in that span and at the time, I was saying the Panthers hit the halfway mark in huge trouble. Now the Panthers are well, well in control. Of course, it's like we said in segment number one, they got to be perfect as far as games in hand made up. Of course, uh, uh, an Islanders loss against Anaheim yesterday would have definitely put them in the driver's seat. And Money Puck had both the Panthers and the Islanders at 49% to make the postseason. But after the, um, after the New York Islanders beat the Anaheim Ducks, New York is 58% now. Panthers are 43. So big, big 14-point swing just, uh, just there alone. Excuse me, 15-point uh, swing in percentage points. But going to back to this matchup, between the Florida Panthers and the Montreal Canadiens. And, man, the, the first two matchups for these two teams were, were just fun if you're a Florida Panthers fan. I mean, Sasha Barkov, a first-period hat trick in the, in, the, in the first game, 
and this was where Sasha Barkov was coming off an injury. Radko Gudis was back uh, from an injury as well. And the Panthers are starting to get healthy. It's funny. What, what, whenever there's an extended break, because that was the Christmas break for the Panthers, they, they always benefit from, from that as far as when, when they're dinged up and being able to rehab some injuries and, and just come back. They've always, at least for the most part, they've come out that first game blazing hot. Uh, Barkoff, like I said, first period Hattie, first period Hattie, uh, five points in that one. The Matthew Kachuk has two goals in the first one, and Matthew Kachuk two more goals in the second one. Uh, this was the game where Sergey Borovsky left early, uh, just two minutes in. Alex Lyons starts the next six games for 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 the Panthers and really saves the Panthers' season in in that stretch, especially that game against the Boston Bruins. Eric Stahl was, left early after a after a penalty that wasn't called, that should have been a penalty on Mike Matheson uh, for interference that had Stahl, Eric Stahl miss quite a few games there too. But the Panthers, uh, the second one especially, uh, let's not forget that the second Montreal um, game of, against the Montreal Canadiens, that was the game after the Panthers head coach, Paul Maurice, complained about the officiating against the Toronto Maple Leafs, got fined for that one. Of course, we all know the history between Paul Maurice and Laurent Brassois, the the official of that game. And then the very next game, the referees give the Florida Panthers eight power play opportunities, which the Florida Panthers cashed in on four. The the on season, the Panthers are seven of fourteen against the Montreal Canadiens on the power play. The penalty kill in the first matchup wasn't the best, but the Panthers were already up so many so many goals that it, it basically canceled each other out for as far as penalty kill as far as penalty kill. But as far as the season, uh, they, they they didn't allow a power play goal in the second matchup. So for this for the season series, they're seven of nine against Montreal. The Habs do have former Panther Chris Tierney on their on their squad, manning the fourth line center. The one of the big trades for the Habs was acquiring Dennis Gurionov for former Panther Evgeny Dodonov. Uh, of course, the the Habs were sellers at the trade deadline, but also the Habs they're 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 they have a whole bunch of injuries on 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 their on their roster. Christian Dvorak is out for the season with the with uh, with a knee injury. Brendan Gallagher has been out since uh, January eighth up and down on with IR stints. Arbor Jackai, who is a, a wonderful story as far as as far as making it to the NHL um out of junior and just not giving up. Uh, 32 Thoughts did have an episode with interviewing his parents and and also interviewing him and, and his journey. Kirby Doc is in um in out indefinitely. Cole Caulfield has been out since January and, and still when it when you look at goals tallied, Cole Caulfield is still the leading goal scorer. On, on the Habs, of course, Nick Suzuki's uh, still still playing, manning that first line center, the captain of the Montreal Canadiens, Yaroslavkovsky, their number one overall pick. He has been out uh, for and his knee injury, uh, his diagnosis uh, was three months out due to injury. Jake Evans has been out since early January with uh, with a knee injury, and and it's just half of it feels like half of Laval is. Uh, 
is on the Montreal Canadiens team. And I mean, you you look at the lineup, and it's a it's a the lineup of quite a few unfamiliar faces when it when it comes to the the Habs. Uh, of course, they're in a rebuild. We know what the what Kent Hughes and Marty St. Louis are trying to do as far as building it from the ground up, even though it's been a few years since they've been to the Stanley Cup final. But of course, that was a team that was carried by their goaltender, uh, Carey Price, who's likely not going to play hockey again. But you you think of players that you've, uh, you you probably wouldn't expect to be part of the lineup, like Rafael Harvey Pinard, a seventh round pick who's playing on in, in the, on the Mon- Montreal Canadians, as far as man, being on the top line, a seventh round pick playing on their on their on their top line next to Nick Suzuki, uh, Jesse Yolin, as well another uh, second uh, a second round pick uh, for for the Habs from 2018. He he's uh he he's playing he's playing on that top line too. So Nick Suzuki is uh is manning a top line of two two guy two guys still on their ELC. So it's a it's a little bit of a tough battle for. Uh, for the the Canadians, and this is a this is a matchup that the Florida Panthers need to take advantage. They went into Pittsburgh and manhandled the the Pittsburgh Penguins. I mean, but the Penguins they're they're still having a lot of questions in in, in goal right now. Even though Tristan Jari has been back from injury and and he he struggled ever since uh, coming back. And of, of course, uh, let's go to their blue line as well. The they're they also have uh, a defenseman who eight defensemen on the on the on the roster, and and one of them is still on uh, on their ELC. And Jordan Harris, a, a third round pick, a daily faceoff doesn't have him in the regular rotation. But you you also think about how it's a revolving door of players going in and out in and out of the lineup too. Sean Monahan is a game time decision for the the Habs. The who who was. Someone that Kent Hughes was trying to trade for, but injury history is a concern. Joel Edmondson as well uh, was a was a guy who Kent Hughes was trying to trade for, but injury concerns are 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 an issue there. So didn't get what they wanted as far as compensation for what they were trying to do at, at the trade deadline this uh, this uh, this past trade deadline. And for for if we had to guess who was starting for the the Habs, it's likely going to be Jake Allen. Jake Allen was pulled in their matchup on Monday night against the Colorado Avalanche. Sam Montembeau, former Panther, who's actually developed quite well over in Montreal. Of course, was never going to get a big, huge opportunity uh, with the Florida Panthers based on what what Sergey Bobrovsky's contract is and, of course, drafting Spencer Knight. But great to see that Sam Montembeau has, uh, has done better for himself uh, over in, in Quebec. But for the Panthers, it's just key is win the special teams battle. And if you win the special teams battle, uh, the, the Panthers should not have a have a problem getting getting a W in this one. And regulation regulation win is so huge to try and just to, to try to get any tie breaking uh, advantage over the New York Islanders. And that's really what I'm emphasizing and hoping for the Panthers to get. So it's likely going to be Jake Allen. Sam Montebo did start in their game against the Pittsburgh Penguins on the road. That was the second end of a back-to-back. But the Panthers, they got to feel good about going into this matchup because they've neither of the games against Montreal this season have been 
close. And especially with how they've performed on the power play, going 50% on it. And just got to hope it continues uh, tonight for this Panthers team. And uh, I do want to read, before we get out of here, I do want to read a quote from Sasha Barkoff uh, that Jamison Olive of FloridaPanthers.com did tweet. Uh, he Barkoff spoke about the out-of-town scoreboard, and here's what Barkoff had to say. Quote, it helps a lot. You don't pay attention to that too much, but we know we have a really um, good chance to make it. We're playing really well right now, doing the right things on the ice. We just have to keep going. Close quote. It's very simple. Just win tonight, and you just continue to, to do what you can as far as controlling your own destiny because at the end of the day, that's what the Panthers have, control of their destiny. Thank you guys for listening to this edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. On tomorrow's edition of the show, it's a Fairbanks Friday edition of the show where Nick Fairbanks will be joining the show to come in and recap the Florida Panthers versus Montreal Canadiens game tonight. So hopefully we are talking about a win, but if we're talking about a loss, oh man, it might not be a fun episode. So let's let's hope for a dub tonight. So in the meantime, if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to the podcast to be notified every single time the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed. Don't forget to also subscribe to the other shows on the Locked On NHL Network, including Locked On NHL, Locked On Fantasy Hockey, Flip Livingstone, and Stu Roden, and Locked On NHL Prospects. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. And for your second listen of the day, make sure to listen to Game to Game NHL. Every moment, every top performance, every result. Locked On Game to Game covers every game from across the NHL with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. Follow Game to Game on Locked On NHL, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. So I'm Ramon Velez, signing off. And you've been listening to Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Where's your team? Every day.